From the heartland of America and the gateway to the West, good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation, around the world. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast AM. Later tonight, Miracle Open Lines. And welcome to our pre-Christmas Eve show. Glad to have you with us. Here's what's happening. At least five people have been killed as a treacherous once-in-a-generation winter storm pummels central and eastern parts of the United States with at least six governors calling for a state of emergency. Repeated earthquakes in Northern California have residents out there wondering if they're due for the next big one. At least two people died, 12 injured after a 6.4 magnitude earthquake rattled the small city of Ferndale in Humboldt County. Aftershocks are going on all over the place. Cal Ory, the woman who wrote the incredible book, The Man Who Predicts Earthquakes, about the late Jim Berkland, is with us. Cal, are you still expecting the big one? Um, yeah, you know, a lot of people are saying 2023, and we keep, you know, putting it off. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Of course it's going to happen, but 2023, I don't know. This quake hit in the Cascadian uh, subduction zone. You know, I always talk about that. Yes, you do. Yeah, that's the area that can cause a tsunami. 6.4, no, not large enough for a tsunami. If it was like maybe a 7.8 or definitely a great quake, 8 plus, we could have seen a tsunami. Um, And I didn't know this, but the southern part of the Cascadian zone that goes from British Columbia, Oregon, California, Northern, the, uh, the bottom of it is the San Andreas fault line. How scary is that? Jeez. So that's a double whammy. Will it happen? Right now, the scientists are saying seven days. Seven days, 13% will see a stronger quake than 5.8. 5.0. So that would really shake everybody up, the pun not intended, because, you know, they've had a lot of aftershocks, threes, but still, it's scary. It was strong. And listening to all those people talk, it reminded me of uh, Berkman and I, when we did a book tour, uh, the audience at Barnes & Noble um, down in Southern California, Glendale, they told us their stories of the Northridge quake. And this thing was strong. I mean, you saw the picture. Oh, sure. And red flagged houses, uh, displaced people, like you mentioned, two deaths. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with 80% 2023. We're going to see something stronger, and it definitely could be in that region. All right, Cal, we love your accuracy, but I hope you're wrong. U.S. consumer spending barely rose in November, while annual inflation increased at its slowest pace in 13 months. But demand is probably not cooling fast enough to discourage the Federal Reserve from continuing to drive interest rates to higher levels next year. Here's Kevin Randall with his weekly UFO report. Kevin, welcome to the program, and a Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Well, Merry Christmas to you, too, George. Great. What do you got for us? I was going to say that at the end of the uh, report here. You can say that again, of course. Okay. Uh, Just last Friday, Arrow, that is the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, held a roundtable on their activities in what might be called a press conference. Ronald Ronald Moultrie, the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, who you might remember from last May during the briefing in which he didn't answer many questions and who didn't seem to know much about UFOs, was there. 
Also present was Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick. He's the director of Arrow. In keeping with the ever-changing acronyms, we learned that UAP now means unidentified anomalous phenomena rather than unidentified aerial phenomena. This was done apparently to be more inclusive, expanding the investigation into USOs, that's undersea objects, and objects on the ground. He said that they had submitted their first quarterly reports and that they are open to the principles of openness and accountability, and they are committed to sharing as much detail with us as they can, but they haven't shared much. The three points that I found interesting. First, they were asked specifically about alien visitation and said that they had found no evidence of that. I suppose you could suggest that even though there are hundreds of UFO cases that are unresolved, the go-to answer is not alien visitation. They need to eliminate many terrestrial-based answers before we can get into that arena. Second, they admitted they were looking into older UFO reports, but the cutoff date for that was 1996. That seemed to be rather arbitrary to me. However, it eliminates the need to look at the Air Force Roswell report. I think they looked at it and found the Project Mogul answer wholly inadequate, and they didn't want to deal with the Roswell case given the vast amount of data available now and that there's no solid terrestrial answer for it. And it might be they didn't want to investigate the Rendlesham Forest encounter of 1980. There is an interesting documentation involved there, not to mention John Burroughs receiving an award of 100% disability because of the unidentified anomalous phenomenon he approached. That would open a wide can of worms because the people would then ask what was in the forest that injured him. Finally, I'll point out that we are seeing the same thing today that we saw 75 years ago. The government, specifically the Air Force, was caught by dozens, if not hundreds, of flying saucer reports. They created an office to investigate, telling the public it was Project Saucer, and the true name was Project Sign. And the original order for it was written by Lieutenant General Nathan F. Twining, which gave it a priority uh, rating to investigate flying saucers. It soon devolved into a public relations project that eventually became known as Project Blue Book. The mission was to explain UFOs originally, not investigate them. There are now, uh, we are now at the point where the Air Force was when they began the investigation in 1947. And I have one quick UFO sighting that is interesting. The witnesses, okay. three men and two women, were sitting on their deck in Aurora, Colorado on September 23rd when they spotted a cigar-shaped object in the distance. As it moved toward them, they saw flashing red and green lights, which they thought were those of an airplane, but they heard no sound. As it flew over them, they saw that it had no wings and tail, and it disappeared to the south. They watched it for about five or ten minutes, and all said it was not like any plane they had ever seen except for the color lights. And that's where we are for tonight, George, except I have the uh, complete transcript of that Arrow report on my blog for those who would like to take a look at it and a much longer analysis. Super. Thank you, Kevin. Again, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Well, as you know, we're getting close to wrapping up my 20th straight year of doing Coast to Coast for you. We begin our 21st year in January, and we'll be having a special program for that uh, next week. Uh, One of the pledges we made a long time ago was to never run tapes on holidays. And we continue with that tradition. We do that for a lot of reasons. One, there are a lot of uh, people without family. There are some people who are just lonely. And this program has become their family. And therefore, we will always run a live show on the holidays, no matter when. Now, this week, Christmas Eve is Saturday. 
Christmas Day is Sunday. The legal holiday for Christmas Day is Monday. I'll be on live there. So we decided, what are we going to do on Saturday and Sunday? Now, if my weekend hosts didn't want to work the holidays, I'd come in and do it, of course. But there was one of the weekend hosts who just jumped at the opportunity and said, I'll take both days. And that's our own Connie Willis, and she's with us right now. Connie, thank you for that. Oh, my gosh. It's an honor, and I love when you just take off. In fact, all of us would wish you would take off a little more because we love to be on early. (laughs) Take off more. Go. You deserve holidays. You've been doing this for two decades. I can't believe it, George. Two, 20 years. Going on 21, starting in January. Off we go again. But this is great. But, Connie, had the the holidays fallen on a weekday, I'd be doing the programs, too. But you you, and I want to thank you for volunteering to take Saturday and Sunday, both weekends. (laughs) What do you got in store for for us. Hey, I got New Year's Eve for you too, baby. I'm I'm taking care of you. Um, um, I have on Christmas Eve. Now you don't know. I don't know. You might know this because I've been lucky enough to do one before, at least one. Um, I start, and it might be after midnight that it starts happening. Uh, mountain time. I turn into Connie Claus. Oh, really? Not, yes, I turn into Connie Claus. <laughs> well, I kind of knew you were dating Santa. I don't know. Just all <laughs> you're, you're not supposed to say anything. Okay, I'll, I'll let you reveal that. Yeah, well, I think it might be too late now, but who knows? Maybe everybody took a break. <laughs> anyway, we're going to have a good time. It's going to be uh, filled with Christmas music, uh, classic rendition of Twas the Night Before Christmas. That was your favorite one. Who is that that's, that does it? Uh, Lionel Fanthorpe. That's it. That's it. That's what we got for tomorrow night. We got Santa updates as Santa flies around to deliver all the gifts. And we've also got a very special guest. It's Richard Lewis. He's known as the Paranormal Christian. I thought this is the perfect night for him. He's an expert on the supernatural and Christianity, and he's going to be correlating the mystical and the biblical worldview together. So we're going to be talking about the magic of Christmas, the nativity, the ancient prophecies of the of Christ child. And we're also going to take calls from people that always have had these questions. You know, there's always questions on Christmas night. What about this and how about that? And he's got some really interesting answers, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So that's going to be Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Day, I'll still be Connie Claus. I I don't know when it ends. I never know. It's just this magical thing. (laughs) But on Christmas Day, we'll, we'll have some more Christmas music. I don't know. By the way, we might I might have Santa calling me in with a live stream. I don't know. I'm trying. You know, he's he's pretty busy, but he also likes us very much, and it's all because of you. He likes you. But we're going to have Jerry Wills on, who's going to talk about, you know, it's about gifts. We're going to give gifts back the only way Coast to Coast can do it. And Jerry Wills is going to give the gift of he, – he's got all these incredible abilities – miraculous healings and he's going to talk about the gift of healing and how that is in the new year about how you can help others with the gift of healing and then we have a deathbed confession from robert treat a veteran that is also we have a gofundme set up it is on the website thank you for allowing that with Mm -hmm. raising money for him but he's got a deathbed confession and he is telling uh why the aliens are here Well, you have some fun over the weekend, Connie, and thanks again, and have a Merry Christmas, okay? You're the best. Merry Christmas. Connie Willis, doing the shows Saturday and Sunday, and of course, we'll be live on Monday night for you as well. How's your luck? 
In a moment, let's check in with Joseph Gallenberger, Liquid Luck on Coast to Coast AM. Hello, Coach Bob, wishing all of George's listeners a very, very Merry Christmas. This is Dr. Sky, your eye on the sky, wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. How about that, Coach Bob, our dear friend who uh, has great uh, perceptions of life, and then uh, Dr. Sky, who's with us every Monday talking about things going on in the sky. You'll have a lot of Coast guests popping in and popping out throughout the night, uh, wishing you a Merry Christmas, of course. Dr. Joseph Gallenberger back with us, clinical psychologist with 30-plus years of experience as a therapist in 1992. He began to investigate psychokinesis, the ability to influence matter using the energy of directed consciousness. This unique energy is useful in healing and manifestation. Gallenberger scientifically confirmed PK in university laboratories and has taught PK in more than 150 workshops, such as his Inner Vegas Adventure, where students achieved dramatic healing, strong influence over dice and slot machines, and many powerful manifestations at home. Dr. Gallenberger is a trainer for the past 30 years at the Monroe Institute, created the very popular MC Square program to teach PK, energy healing manifestation. One of our favorite guests, Dr. Joe, welcome and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, George, and congratulations on 20 years. Oh, my gosh. It just seems like yesterday, Joe. It just really does. (laughs) I, I was just looking at Liquid Luck again today. What a fantastic book. How did this all start for you? Well, I, um, as a psychologist, was always looking around for things that help uh, move things along in terms of uh, consciousness, and Monroe Institute was uh, in my radar because I had out-of-body experiences as a kid, and I went up there and found they had some great technology in the form of meditation exercises to help clients with anxiety, depression, those kind of things, as well as the out-of-body stuff, and uh uh, so I started with kind of an ET phone home, George, uh, you know, wanting to go out of body and off planet and explore the universe. But after a while, I uh, felt like all those high energies, how could you use them here? And then I turned into looking at um, how we manifest and how we could do energy healing, those kind of things. And one of the best ways to study that is what you mentioned, psychokinesis this idea of affecting matter with your own energy because we can study that in a lab so well. And so um, I got going at Princeton Labs first. Uh, I still work UVA a little bit, uh, University of Virginia, uh, different places uh, where we can kind of study what we can do as people uh, where you get real good statistical results. Joe, tell us about Liquid Luck, which you wrote a couple of years ago. Matt, it's a fantastic yeah. book. Well, after I wanted to figure a way to take 20 years of this experience and distill it down into something that somebody could experience how this is and how much power we do have to change our reality and to do that experience within less than an hour. So I developed a meditation called Liquid Luck, and that comes from the Harry Potter book kind of idea of uh, he had this potion And if you took it, you had an exceptionally lucky day, everything going your way. And so I, uh, in the meditation, have people put in the energies of happiness, abundance, gratitude, compassion, um, praise, those, and then feelings of good fortune. 
in kind of an energy drink that they make in their mind. And then whenever they want to have a great day, they think of that uh, liquid uh, swirling there, beautiful and golden, with all those high qualities in it. And they take a drink. And when that came out, people were winning lotto, lotto tickets, scratch tickets of $1,000 three weeks Amazing. in a row, selling houses, finding soulmates, uh, um, doing inventions, solving engineering problems that have been bothering the team for years, all that kind of cool stuff. And I got some news stories for you. Oh, do you? Share some with us. Let's yeah. hear them. Yeah. The, uh, one is uh, interesting. There seems lately to be more um, stories coming about children using this. And so this one came in last week. Uh, I'll kind of read it here. It said, uh, recently started doing liquid luck with my 12-year-old son. He had a kickboxing tournament, and he won every single match. So it's like a Karate Kid story here. Uh, he won with what his coach said was a new power showing through that he'd never seen anything like it. I asked my son what was different this time, and he said between each round he used his liquid luck potion and I'm writing to say how impactful on the new generation this will be, to feel universal love, to be beauty and light and power within, and to keep learning what this whole experience is. Add to this, yesterday I won a contest at my yoga studio, $500 and a free month's membership. So she was pretty happy. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting one. And this month as well I got a report from a guy who said um, – that he's using liquid luck with psychedelics and that his hmm. whole uh, group of people that have been doing this, everybody who has used liquid luck uh, meditation beforehand has had a really positive therapeutic trip. And I don't recommend any psychedelic use unless it's under medical supervision, George, because there's too many... Uh, fake shamans out there too many times where there might be a substance in there that you're not aware of. So this is uh, something only to be done, you know, in university research or medical settings, in my opinion. But it was an interesting report that he said, usually in the past, uh, some people would have uh, less than desired results. And with this, they were all in a positive energy and had a good place uh, happen for them. I thought those were pretty interesting. That's fantastic. Is, how important is positive energy going into this? It's super important. You know, you see a, a movie like The Secret, um, and it's great telling you to visualize, but um, to me, that's using your mind, and the mind is like the steering wheel of a car. It can set direction where you want to go, but you go nowhere without gas, and the gas is the positive energy. And um, if you have that going, um, it'll blow through fear forms and limiting beliefs and really help you get where you want to go. Joseph, uh, give us uh, some little overview of the techniques that you recommend to people who want to try this. Well, I think Liquid Luck book and CD, I wrote a book after this with all the stories about what people have been using it for and why things like happiness are important and more exercises in the book to generate the happiness and gratitude and abundance feelings that I'm mentioning. So that's a great place to start. Um, and in your own life, uh, to really focus in, I think one of the easiest ways to raise high energy is gratitude. And from my point of view, 
Um, we could have great gratitude just because we live in a world of miracle that's flowing all the time. We always talk about the miracle on 34th Street mm-hmm. at Christmas, but you can look at your own human hand, and that's a miracle. It sure is. Joseph, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll come back with more with our pre-Christmas Eve show right here on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Next hour, we're going to take your calls with Joe, Mr. Gallenberger, and uh, as we talk about his work, Liquid Luck. And um, with, when you make the calls, the questions for him. But if you've got a story to share with us, we'll take that too. Hi, this is author and palm reader Vernon Mahabal, wishing you the best Christmas season ever. Ah, Vernon, great guest, great guest. I'm George Norrie, back with you with Joseph Gallenberger as we talk about liquid luck. We'll take calls with Joseph next hour here on Coast to Coast. It is an amazing feat. I have tried your experiments, Joseph, several times, and uh-huh. they they have worked probably 9 out of 10 times. That's a pretty good percent, isn't it? That's really good, George. Excellent. So that means you have a natural, abelian personality that you can... Uh, bubble some nice positive energy there. That's great. How do you use this to make the world a better place? Can we do that in mass? I think definitely, and I think it's important now. Uh, there's um, a lot in the culture accenting the negative, the kind of the darkness, and this is you know the season of light. It's time of year, so we like to look at that and um, you know to understand. The things are much better than we're told, if you will. There's proportionally less people have war. There's better nutrition, less starvation, better education. Uh, all kinds of things uh, are improving along. And um, so if we can focus on what is good uh, that's already going well and have that, as I mentioned, uh, feelings of gratitude, for all the good things, the beauty of nature, the pets in our lives, our friends, um, and then um, with those feelings of being abundant and feeling grateful, um, really praising that this is a, can be a beautiful place. It can be heaven on earth, if you will. Um, and, and that will counter a lot of the darkness that is uh, going along with fear. Absolutely. So you know me, uh, my favorite phrase is... Uh, Fear is expensive. Love is priceless. Choose wisely. <laughs> what is gratitude to you, Joseph? Uh, it's an opening um, of the heart that happens when you begin to see the reality around and truly appreciate it. Uh, so that uh, um, it's different than you should be grateful to Aunt Nelly for sending you socks for Christmas. Now go write your thank you note. That's duty, your obligation. This is a natural feeling when something goes along that you see that you appreciate the beauty or the magic, those kind of things. Thank thank you goes a long way, doesn't it? Yeah. In fact, I got a magic story for you tonight that uh, I think could be made into a movie. Oh, really? Yes. uh, This woman called me yesterday, and she gave me permission to share this. And it's about her nine-year-old daughter who earlier this month wrote a, a note to Santa, right? Mm-hmm. And the only thing on the list, rather than get me a new bike and all that, the nine-year-old only put two things. Santa, I want to see you so I can believe you, and I'd like it to snow, all right? <laughs> so Cute. The, my uh, my client 
I uh, had just bought my home study course in creation and liquid luck. And she says, oh, honey, you know, Santa doesn't really like to appear much, and he's pretty busy this time of year. Well, three days later, knock on the door. A guy comes to the door in a Santa costume and uh, and looking for somebody who used to live in that house. And so the girl sees Santa. He comes in. He sings jingle bells with him, helps decorate the tree, uh, reads the night before Christmas to the little girl. And as he leaves, just as he begins to leave, it starts to snow. How about that? So that, I think, could be a movie. Yeah, that is. That's a great great ending to the movie, too. You know yes. what? Yes. So, uh, you know, just don't have Billy into... Bob Thornton in it as Bad Santa or anything. Yeah, like yeah. So when you get into <laughs> these feelings of gratitude and positivity, you get all this synchronicity and serendipity, and miracles do happen. And I love hearing the reports that people send me about that. And gratitude makes people happier, doesn't it? Very much. And uh, what we see with uh, gratitude itself changes us neurophysiologically. There's uh, different uh, openness to experience, uh, different brain cell kinds of activities. And when when it creates the happiness that gratitude can create, happiness itself is uh, physically concrete uh, in terms of our lifespan, our health and all kinds of uh, indications, not just of satisfaction. Um, and, you know, I learned in the Vegas adventures that people are happy before they win the jackpot rather than usually you see the movie, you know, they pull the, the handle and the coins come out and they go, yay. Yeah. If you look ahead of time, it's the person that's already saying yay about life that tends to win the jackpot. Exactly, exactly. What other things are out there that make people happy? Oh, boy. You know, list is unlimited. Uh, for I, know, I would say music's one thing. Yes, for me, the lovely music uh, from classical to, you know, some of the wonderful pop music. Uh, for me, the beauty of nature. And now I'm 72, George, uh, playing with my grandkids. They're all, I'm blessed, they're all within my area, so I can visit them often. Uh, pets can make people happy because they can give such unconditional love and they have such interesting antics, uh, inspirational stories and videos. And I think one big thing is practicing loving kindness toward oneself, one family, others. Um, I know a guy who had a million miles with Delta Airlines. He'd go through an airport and he'd come out with more energy than when he went in, where most people find airports stressful. Yeah, that's and a good the point. The difference was he would go in the airport thinking, I would like to be good to other people. Who could I help? And he would look to the person struggling with directions because he knew the airports well, help them with their luggage, whatever it would be. And by the end, he'd have more energy than he started with because he put himself out there to help others. And I think that can make people quite a bit happy. The thing you don't want to do is be harsh, perfectionistic, judgmental. That'll put you in a sour mood. Um, And fear, as we mentioned, can destroy happiness. It moves us into a survival mode and our perceptions narrow and we see threat all around us, even where there is none. Why did you use Vegas as your study guide? Because the results were quick? Actually, uh, the first reason is because they're verifiable. 
Uh, we know exactly you could what see it. should happen on dice, exactly what should happen on a slot machine, statistically. And the government really regulates that strongly so that there's no cheating, right? That's right. Oh, yeah. So um, that was the main thing. I couldn't afford the half a million plus to continue to do studies at universities and laboratories. Uh, God bless them, the folks that do those things. Um, and the studies in universities I found kind of boring. Uh, they might have you do psychokinesis for 48 seconds precisely. Uh, on and then 48 seconds off and then on and off for 100 trials when you'd have a 128 lead EEG on your head, which is not real comfortable. And and you get bored, right? And But if you go to a casino and you do PK and you say, I'd like a royal flush and hearts on a slot machine, you know, I know that's 160,000 to one by chance, and boom, you hit it the first pull, you know something's going on. And so it's very good for giving you very quick feedback um, that uh, you have the rhythm between clarity of intent, letting the heart open, moving the heart energy with that, and then letting go. That's uh, often the hardest part, George, is letting go after you set it. Absolutely. We're going to take calls next hour with Joseph Gallenberger. His website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. Joseph, you mentioned your Sync Creation Home Study course. Tell us more about that. Yeah. It comes with three personal coaching hours with me and uh, lots of meditation exercises they listen to on headphones um, that put you into a deep, relaxed, and then high energy brain state um, with lots of tools to get rid of limiting beliefs and emotions and to build real positive energies like we're talking tonight uh, so that those are kind of fun. Um, the most recent story I got on there is it said, uh, it guides me beyond my imagination, and I thought my imagination was my strongest trait. I love every bit of it, most magical. It's taken me on the most amazing journey in my life. My life has been completely transformed. I live a marvelous life now. So we get lots of reports on this uh, home study working really well. And it's been very popular since COVID, since people have been staying home or as a way to keep positive energy and creativity going during times of stress. Um, and it's been out for many years and continues to be very popular, George. Has science decided to study this? Yes. We, uh, we have what we call a meta-analysis where you take all the studies together and they analyze each study, how strong it was, its weak points. And when you pile those all together... Psychokinesis is what we call a Six Sigma event now. It would not even occur once in a billion by chance. And uh, so that's what B, a billion with a B. And so, you know, they release a new drug. If 20 to 1 or 100 to 1 by chance, it's showing effectiveness. And this stuff is at a billion to 1. So if you're open-minded at all as a scientist, you've got to say that um, we've proven it at this point. The Princeton lab I talked about even is close. Mm -hmm. We've we've proven all we can. Now we look at how to apply it. And uh, what happened at the University of Virginia? What kind of study? Well, they're doing a number of things. They're studying my MC squared program, manifestation creation program, that I developed for Monroe Institute, and they've been collecting data there for oh, I don't know, George, at least five years. Results are coming out significant. We do things like um, when you're lighting light bulbs with your energy, 
they can measure 400 volts projecting off a human hand, and we see that with healing energy as well when humans do that. Um, affecting uh, metal bending, uh, we grow seeds in our hands so that there's a seed soaked overnight, and you put it in your hand, and in two minutes we can get root growth an inch and a half long. Uh, so those are some examples of how to affect physical reality uh, with this energy. And much like Vegas, those are real clear feedbacks that, hey, there's something here. And if I apply it to energy healing in my own body or to manifesting what I like in my life, it's likely to be successful. Because in regular life, the feedback is slow. You can be in a bad mood for weeks before you get a cold. Or um, it could take a year to find your soulmate or whatever you might want to manifest. And so these things that happen within minutes um, are really good learning tools. Joseph, you've mentioned abundance a couple times. Yes. What does abundance mean to you? That's the flow of all good. If you think of a cornucopia model, um, where all these gifts, like if the universe was a... uh, wonderful parent wanting to give you what you need, not what you want necessarily, because kids sometimes eat too much candy, right? Um, That these blessings flow to you. And um, it can not just be financial abundance. That's often wonderful as a good energy. But the abundance of friendship or abundance of creative ideas, abundance of good health, um, all of that would be under this uh, framework of the good and plenty. Um, that could come to you. And you are convinced, without a doubt, that this works, aren't you? Yes. I've seen uh, decades now, three decades of working at Monroe and in this area with uh, manifestation. Um, And it's not the exception. It tends to be the rule um, that we create what we're thinking and feeling. Um, That can be negative. Um, and once we get a negative loop going, it can be a little hard to break. But when folks change to the positive energies, um, we see some amazing things. Life still happens. You know, George, I mentioned, I think on one show a long time ago, um, some neighbor dogs came over and killed my cat in front of me. Yeah, that was sad. Years ago. And, you know, he, she, he died in my arms. And I went and found the neighbor, and I gave him a hug. I'd never met him before, and just said, we have something soulful to talk about to keep your dogs up better. And I never went into victim or, um, you know, wanting to go kill his animals or whatever in retribution. Um, and, And we became friends, and he controlled his animals. And then I got, you know, I was in touch with a pet psychic, and my cat said, hey, I was a predator. I knew the score. And uh, I wanted to go take be taken out quickly because I was developing a cancer process and I didn't want to go through it. So, you know, from oh. different perspectives, things that even look really rough can be okay. And the owner of the dog was uh, gracious to you? Yes, yes. He was, he was you know, very sad about it rather than getting defensive. And um, he understood and we had a good communication and never saw those dogs around my property again. I live in the country, so dogs are allowed to kind of run free, but he kept those under control now that he knew that uh, they were not being kind to the neighbor pets. What's your next project, Joseph? 
Well, I'm working on something I'm going to keep secret a little bit. Oh, really? I've been working about two years, and it's been slower than I expected. Is it related to what we're talking about? Yes, it is. And um, I'm hoping in about two months it'll be finished. But I've said that before in my head. So uh, if it all goes well, it should take about another couple months to complete. And on my website, there's a free newsletter, lots of tips on manifesting and things. And if you sign up there, that's where that project will be announced. I'm also planning to get back to the Vegas Adventure Workshops. We're ready to do our 100th one uh, now that COVID has settled down some. So I'm hoping by spring of 2023 we'll be back out there to do that. And I continue to teach up in Monroe. All right. You keep doing what you're doing. We're going to come back and chat more with you and also take phone calls. The lines are now open with Joseph Gallenberger when we come right back. 